This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Welcome back to Not Too Much Show. Hello. I mean, we've done 280 some odd. Like, we got to switch it up somehow. Sometimes, yeah. Got to switch it up somehow. Thank you for joining us once again to the Ajima Show at the Ajima Show. I'm your host, Peter Kim. And I am Wenji Kim. By the way, we're coming to a city near you if you live near Chicago Mm -hmm. on June 12th. Yes. 3 p.m. Yes. At the Steppenwolf Garage Space. It's going to be next to their cars. There's going to be a valet attendant serving drinks. It's going to be great. It's, it's going to be great. It's going to be a great vibe. It's Sunday afternoon. You can come. Yeah. Uh, please don't bring it's your children. Be chill. Yeah. Don't bring your children so we could have a drink afterwards. Yeah. It's going to be, we're going to be fucking litty titty by 6 p.m. <laughs> As a Sunday should wind down that way. Yes. You know, like just early and cozy. Anyway, so if you're around the Chicagoland area, come see us live. Come see us ramble live and shout out some Koreans that we love in in the Chicagoland area. Um, And also, if you're in the D.C. area, June 17th, 18th, and 19th, Mm -hmm. Unji and I will be doing stand-up comedy at the Comedy Loft in D.C. So come through. If you're in the East Coast, tell your friends. Drag a friend down from New Jersey or something from... uh, I think you could um, Acela it down there or whatever chinatown bus something <laughs> sit next to a chicken in a bag yeah and come that come china see town, us that chinatown bus is famous for sitting next to a chicken in a bag bitch <laughs> the chinatown bus does not stop it'll get you down from new york to dc in two and a half hours usually it's five yeah i mean truly like you They're gotta nuts. you have to pee on that chicken like there's no stops like there's <laughs> not i truly like they go fast i went so to boston fast. in once and i was scared out of my fucking life. I take that same. New York to Boston. Yeah. Yeah. It is scary. It is scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fast. They drive so fast. It's like, it just, it, yeah. And, and you know, the my- whole time I'm thinking like, uh, oh my God, if he gets into an accident, I'm going to sue him. And I'm like, yeah, right. Who are you going to sue? Like, They're going to be like, yeah, you took an $8 bus next to a chicken in a bag. And the first person to you run away, this. the first person to run away will be the driver. Like, where are you going to find him? He's, you're never going to see him again. He has a jetpack ready yeah, for this. You're never going to see him again. It's good day. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, so come down to D.C. and on one of those. All right? Yeah, or and just drive yourself. Make a weekend 17, of it. 18th. And the 19th, we're doing Ajima show again, uh, a live show in D.C. So that's going to be fun, too. So come on out. Tell your friends. It's going to be great. Shall we get into it? Let's get into it. It's time for Kick-Ass Koreans! Yeah! I'm really excited about today's Kick-Ass Korean because, like last week, she's a repeat. But, <laughs> but, unlike last week, oh. this is intentional. Okay. Okay? Okay. Because I have been watching her on, I would say, unabashedly, my favorite television program. Okay? Unabashedly. Unabashedly. Unironically love this program. Wow, I've never known you to 
um, not be embarrassed about something. <laughs> I do seek public embarrassment. <laughs> no, um, I really do love this show, and the show is called Bravo's Top Chef. And oh yes, you do love Chef this, yeah. Jay Jung, who we've shouted out yes. a while ago for her restaurant K Jun K J U N. It's the um, it's the like fusion of Korean meets New Orleans, mm-hmm. okay, or Cajun cooking. Um, she's now on Top Chef, and she's at top five now. Wow. She is top five. And let me tell you, there is another Korean, Sam, who feels and acts just like... There's two different Koreans on Top Chef this season. Wow. Did you know that? Oh, do you watch Top Chef? Yeah. I don't know why. I, I don't know why I haven't brought this. I, I There's a lot been... A lot's been going on, but now that like things have settled, I'm like back into just enjoying my life. Yeah, and <laughs> and Top Chef it happens to be one of the things that brings me a lot of joy. Yeah, and there are two Koreans on Top Chef this season, and one of them is Sam, and he's just like a very like he I think he's from maybe Philly or New York, but he's East Coast feeling Korean American kind of happy go lucky guy. Maybe he's like he might probably go to church still yeah, yeah, yeah. but like but he's cool he's like open to everyone and like let's all hang out and let's be cool and he's he's kind of like dorky corny but um a lo- in a lovely way yeah i we know yeah. we know these guys we've taken we guys. we've taken accounting classes with, yeah we've taken accounting yeah. classes with this guy he's let you copy his chem homework we he love- will let you copy and he doesn't care because he loves having a friend yeah we love sam yeah the the, the we best, love sam the best kind of church kid ever and Sam lasted like four or five rounds and he did good. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, the competition was, I think, um, too steep for him. It's fierce. He, it, it's fierce. It's fierce. And he's he, kind. He grilled potatoes. And I was like, no. you got to go. You got you to do something. That's not a thing. Yeah. You got to use a blowtorch. He's like, maybe this will be cool. I'm like, no. Um, anyway, this is not shade about Sam. But there were two. So it was so apparent how different these Koreans were. Sure. And Chef... Jay Jung is Korean accented Korean. Okay. Like she sounds like an ajumma. Okay. Like thick Korean accent. Amazing. Amazing. And she's so herself and goofy and like makes sexual innuendo. She's just like a fun ajumma. <laughs> Hot to play you know ajumma. I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hot to play ajumma. <laughs> She's like, I saw. And then, yeah. you know, maybe she'll have a cigarette and like, exactly. you know, exactly. like, Hanjan! you know, like yeah. she'll like do it in one shot. One shot. And yeah, she, oh, I don't know if she is, but she has that energy. Oh, we love. And to watch someone that I shouted out before on this show, on TV, on reality TV, on my favorite program, it's just really incredible. And at first I was like, am I gonna like this person? Like, um, I wonder if like the accent is like m- making me not like her as much as Sam. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. You know, self-hating. Sure, sure, sure. In yeah. that way. White supremacy, like yeah. it, it, it really like the hegemony. Hegemony be like that sometimes. It's true. Yeah, yeah. it do. It do be like that. Yeah, it and does. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it creeps up on you. And I caught myself. Yeah, and I was like, wait, why is her accent bothered? It's like that thing where we used to go like, if someone. I mean, this is unfair for you because you were this, but <laughs> I probably. <laughs> 
if we were friends, like I would have called you a fob. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was off the boat. Yeah, yeah, you were freshly off the boat, and I had, you know, uh, the fob hating, mm-hmm. you know, fresh off the boat hating. It was a real thing. Yeah, and it was a thing that carried into college for me. Yeah, and it's it's the it was the culture that I partook in. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily agree, but I think what the idea behind and because we had a fob friend in our literally in our crew sure. he he drew a Hyundai Tiburon and he was like <laughs> the dorkiest but also the coolest you know he had a lot of money you yeah, know fobs carry money if you're if you sound like that and you're here you're at money you're you bitch you have money yeah. like how are you here yeah. right like unless you <laughs> snuck in like my my parents ass yeah. you know what i mean like no especially if you come late yeah you got money <laughs> you have money yeah. right you're studying so, and I think there's a part of the Korean Americanness in me and in us, probably when I look back at my like high school friends and how I grew up fob hating, there is like a thing of like, it's kind of the same thing with like black Americans and um, Africans, mm-hmm. how there's like a huge um, kind of like beef or like a hatred uh, uh, towards each other. Yeah. and. It, it's all all it comes down to is white supremacy. But like, yeah, I think in that the kernel of it might have been for me, this feeling of n- not feeling at home here mm-hmm. and also having someone from Korea where I don't feel at home here. Sure. So it felt like. Almost like unfair. Yeah, I mean, it's also you know, this- like. Yeah, there's also this part it's, of it. It's the yeah. wrong way to think about it. I'm owning. But I think that's when I was yeah. a young kid, that's what I was like feeling. Anyway, so that came up for me during the season when Sam and Jay, Chef Jay Jung were like doing their confessionals. Like it was, it's honestly harder to understand her because she has an accent, right? Like just in, in general, accented speech. Is it harder? I think it just takes a second more, longer, because I'm some words I'm like, what is she saying? Oh, oh yeah, that's what she's saying. I feel that you know way. What I mean? I, like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's I, like yeah. talking to your mom's friend. Sure. You know I mean, what I mean? It's, it's just like it just easy. takes one second more of like, okay, what is she saying? You know, like you have to put it together. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I feel that and, way about know. like my son's English. I mean, like I there's like kids. It's like hard to they're they're fucking they don't make any sense. I mean. I, I yeah, you know yeah. what's funny about the fob thing is like I feel like you kind of resent them for it's almost like they're guilty for the sins for they're guilty of the crimes you're being convicted of like the accented English the sort of like over like you know all these things they're doing all the things that white mainstream culture is accusing you of of doing, doing. So yeah, they're the, yes. So they're yes. guilty of the crimes you're being accused of. Accused of, and they, and they get to go back home. Exactly. That's what. Yeah. That's. I. I think that that was the kernel yes, of it. Yes, it is. It is. Un- it's the underpinning it, yeah, for sure. Anyway, so all of that came up for me mm-hmm. at, when I started watching Top Chef, and then I immediately was like, "Look at this fucking first of all fierce ass chef." Mm-hmm. That's a number one. I don't give a fuck what kind of accent you have. Yeah. Secondly, she was so herself. This like 
thick accented like goofy ass self mm-hmm. that it, I find I found her so inspiring and it like made me cry when she won one episode because I was like look at you bitch like you're up here like being unapologetically you yeah and you're out here winning episodes like good for you so I decided to I know I shouted her out but I just want to shout her out again Yay! she is um, the owner operator of K June, which is takeout only, pickup only, and um, you know her pedigree is Le Bernardin, like the great fish restaurant. She's like fish is her thing. Yeah. She studied under like the greats in New Orleans. Um, she shouts out um, her. Uh, I forgot what her name is, but there's a person in New Orleans that she shouts out to be like her mentor. Mm -hmm. And she has this really like beautiful moment on one episode, that episode she wins where she talks about how she never had a grandma, like a high money that like, like to hang out with or like talk to her, Mm -hmm. you know, or like have to like, do the cooking with and like you know that kind of like thing that we yearn yeah as koreans or like anyone really you know like with a grandmother who has like a lot of cultural secrets you know yeah. what i mean like and time. you want to and time you know but she never got to have that and she had it she manifested it through this this chef down in um this black woman down in um new orleans and she was really like she brought to tears and that's what made me cry in that episode. <gasps> anyway, Chef Jay Jung, go visit her stuff. <laughs> she, and watch watch her on Top Chef. She's killing That's so exciting. Yay! Yay! Okay. My kick-ass Korean this week is, is Revlin Kyunglim Shin Lee. So she's this is a hyphen. A lot of names. A lot of names. Reverend. Reverend Kyunglim Shin. Kyunglim. Yeah. Shin Lee. Kyung Lim Shin Lee. Yeah. So she hyphenated her last name. She, she, yeah. She, she, Shin Dash Lee. Yes. She married a Korean. Yes. Or a Chinese Lee. He's Korean. Or one of those like white Lees that throw you off. You're like, yeah. what? I know. There was a, there was a Lee like that. Like I, a, th- I thought I read, I was reading a book by a fucking uh, Asian person. It turns out this bitch is just white. Hi. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you know those Lees. I, I can't help but imagine that they're from the Lees of the General Lees. That's me. They're, they're, but they're also you know yellow. I mean? They're like, yellow fishing us. Like it's like it's a hi, thing where hi. I was fucking reading this book and I'm like, oh, they're I, yellow fishing <laughs> us. Like it's, if you even did a cursory <laughs> Google on this bitch, you would know. <laughs> 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 no, so it's just funny. that I that she was yellow fishing. She knew what she was doing. I, if you saw the cover of this book, you would have been like, okay, it was so red. Funny. Come on, yeah, come on. That's our color. That's our color. That's our color. Yeah, like you know, she knew what the fuck she was doing, and she. And then I, as I'm reading this, I was like, oh wow, she's like taking a really subtle sort of uh, sort sort of take on her Asian upbringing. She's like not mentioning it at all, and then <laughs> <laughs> wow, how subversive. Subversive, yeah. <laughs> This bitch is just white. Anyway, so... (laughs) (laughs) She's from Connecticut. (laughs) (laughs) So this this Reverend uh, Kim Lim Shin Yi was ordained in 1988. So this is a woman, Reverend, in 88. Okay. 
And it angered her in-laws and even her husband, who was a pastor, who told her that he understood it intellectually, but, quote, his heart couldn't accept it. Right? <laughs> his heart. It's, that's, that's, I mean, that's fucking brutal. 88. And now she is the vice president for international relations at well, uh, Wesley Theological Seminary in D.C. She's traveled to 60 countries as a seminary's ambassador. And served as an interim lead pastor at a Korean American church for 11 months. Okay? So. Oh my God. Should we invite her to bless the show at DC? Yeah, something, right? Like an opening or a benediction? (laughs) I mean, truly. Like, this bitch is really trying to move forward the cause for female reverends and pastors in the Korean American community, Christian community. Now, in Korean American churches specifically, women are seldom seen in pulpits, right? In Korea, there are more female pastors than there are in Korean American communities. Wow. That makes sense. It does make sense because we are, yeah. we've talked about it before. We tend to be, we're a, stuck in, we're stuck in the 80s. Yeah. 88. Yeah. That's like the last time. Um, Olympic happened, and I think our parents' generation, <laughs> I think our parents' generation cracked. They were like, but. We left. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy that. So um, I just wanted to shout her out for like advocating for the cause. And this is the thing. For historically, and Peter, you and I are like great examples of it. I would imagine a lot of the, of our listeners are as well. Korean Americans who grew up in the church, and almost all of us did. Once you got to a point where you kind of like realized it was bullshit, you left. You left. You just like left. like fuck it, fuck this because it's so patriarchal. It's, yeah, you feel you don't feel seen, you don't feel included. It's toxic, and so and these bitches are the ones that have stayed behind and are trying to fix it from within. Um, we've talked about it a couple of other times where Korean American churches are also um, are at the vanguard of trying to um, help domestic violence inside of Korean American homes. Like there is a movement happening inside of the Korean American church right now. That feels exciting. Like mm. the conversation around sort of progressive. I topics. could see you being a um, a woman reverend. Yeah, right. If they had let me, now I gotta be a. Jew. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, now I gotta be a Jew reverend. So I. Mean, <laughs> yeah. But I think, do they do they do that in the? Oh, tons. You know, I, was, I, was, I was married by a female rabbi. Tons, tons, tons. What are you talking about? Have you ever met Jewish women? Yeah. Not one. (laughs) I mean, and so there seems to be something happening where like these progressive ideas are kind of taking hold because they're realizing how much they're losing. Right. So there's like some. A lot of money. A lot of money. So they're seeing things about domestic violence, women's like advocating for women's rights and also what parity and equality inside of the pulpit will look like. Right. That means that more people stay, that your sermons are more relevant and there is a definitive role that a pastor plays inside of the community, you know, like yeah. as someone who's recently joined a synagogue, because truly there are, this is the downside to being a godless liberal. You know what I mean? Because uh-huh. I got no answers for my son. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> like he's asking me some like tough existential questions because everyone in our family died and I got no answers. Like my husband and I are just looking at each other like, you got to do some mushrooms <laughs> like in the woods. Like we got no, I got no answers. So let's go see a rabbi. Let's go to fucking synagogue. Let's get the village involved, baby. Like 
that's that's the role that's a, that's the sort of central role like that we were fortunate enough before we to have that kind of structure and the thing to turn away from mm-hmm. right like it's almost a wall that you can push up against you know it's nice yeah yeah it's nice it's an adversary that yes. you have to conquer but at the same time think about how much of our world that's actually a really good way to think about church yes or any type of like organized religion mm-hmm. is to be born into it and to like it's kind of what like what rumspringa is yes right like it's like go taste it Mm -hmm. and then if you want to stay out there fine but if you want to come back you know we got to raise a barn so let's go yeah you know like i mean democracy (laughs) is not is relatively new and is kind of like seems shaky religion has been around a long time (laughs) a long time it's been a it's a proven hit (laughs) <laughs> like this shit this shit is a banger for humans since forever and so like yeah. the well i think yeah. yeah i think you're right and i think that's so cool that she's doing this because religion has to i mean look at the look at the pope like you have to move forward like there is no back there's people might try it but yeah. like it's not gonna hold and, it, and it's central to i mean it is literally central to the community like the reason why the church is bad, right? But it shouldn't be toxic. It shouldn't be all these, like, we should feel safe enough to turn away from it. We should feel safe enough to have created a foundation for our, our, physio, our, our philosophical and ideological um, foundation should be feel safe and we can do it inside of a space that is constructed. And I don't know. It's just like we, should, we need to feel safe to even have thoughts like that and create it. And then we can yeah. turn away from it. Because I know my church did not welcome questions. And the answer always was, that's God's will. Yes. And God works in mysterious ways. And it's just like, okay, well, you can't say you have the answers and also there are no answers. Mm -hmm. Like you, and that's when I was like, I got to go. Yeah, it's peace out. Because, yeah. And did I find more answers? No. But (laughs) I I, I think, I, I don't know. I'm still in process. I think we all are. Yes. But I think I've gotten better at not asking the question of what happens when I die. Instead, I'm asking the question, I'm trying, um, how's, how's the moment right now? Wow. Yeah. Like, what's going on right now? Because that's like part of the anxiety that I have to live with. Mm-hmm is worrying about things that are not not going on right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was thinking about this in uh, we'll go into this in part 2, yeah. but let's just wrap up because I I really like that you brought her up. Yeah, I, and, really and like, I only wanted to I, I shout her out all the sort of women that are a part of this organization that are trying to tra- change the Korean American church from within. It is important yes. work. And it is something that as a Korean American is central to our community, our identity. I was talking about the handbook stores last time. This is just as important. Like, just think about your weekends. As a kid, yeah. like, it, this is the only place you went outside of the groceries. Like, you went to the H Mart, you went to church. And you That's like, it. and then you, and you fix stuff around the Possibly house. Possibly a cousin's house if you were doing good in school. Yeah. <laughs> you 
got crazy. You got angry. Right. I mean, seriously, like, you go to a cousin's house. I mean, like, it was so central. And, like, so yeah. much about our understanding of our own community comes through that fucking lens. And so if you kind of have for a moment and have envision it not having been toxic, like, if let's say there Whoa. was a woman Whoa. leading your congregation. If there would have been. I don't know. If there had been a woman know. leading your congregation. I think I would have come out earlier. Yes. Yeah. Yes, a hundred percent. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And the thing is, it's not now. If the woman was like, "Well, thank you for telling me, but now you're gonna burn in hell, and I'm gonna tell everyone, <laughs> so you better not come back." Good. What if a woman did that? But, I mean, but then this, then your journey started earlier. At least you would have been out. Yeah, and also now a woman can be as toxic as a man. And that's what we're looking for. Let her try. Let her try. <laughs> that's what I, I, want, I want women to be as big a cunt as they want to be. I want, I want women to be as, as, as cunty as men are uh, assholes. Right? That's true parity. That's true equality. And, like, yeah. it's just something about the experience of, like, being... I don't know. It's just... It really would have changed things. Even if we eventually turned away from the church anyway... It wouldn't. It wouldn't have been in a such a drastic way. And we would. I think it would have yes. been a softer mm-hmm. send off. Yes. Or maybe. It, or, or, but it just would have felt. At least it would have. To have seen a woman in charge mm-hmm. would have changed things. I think it would have made me stay longer. Yeah. Same. Or I would have. I would still be there. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think I would have still. I would still be there too. Like, if yeah. I'm being honest, like, if it was, like, a regular female pastor that was, like, nice and, like, whatever kind of ajama. I mean, thinking about, like, your – if you think about the kind of ajamas that did, were really religious and were kind of, like, cool, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the Samon – not Samon names. What are they called? What are the Boksan names wives called? I don't know. There is a word, though, right? It's called um, – 장노 권사. Oh, Really? No, is um, elder. Kwanzanim is deacon. There is a name. Muksa. Muksa wife. Yeah, that's the one. Oi, Muksa wife. Jangjori mashinende. I mean, truly, like I. <laughs> I mean, I think I would have still, I would have stayed much longer. Yeah. I would have stayed much longer. So just like shout out to those women doing the work. And I'm just like really excited by some of the stuff I'm reading about the Korean American Christian church um, and sort of some of the ways they're trying to modernize and become progressive and more inclusive. And like, if I dare say more Christian. So, um Wow. <laughs> Can God do it? <laughs> and that's it. That's like it gets going in. <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. <laughs> All right. We're back. Um, you know, I during the break, I was thinking about how even five years ago, mm-hmm. Before we did this podcast, I don't think I could have ever, I know, 
I don't think I could have ever like truly, honestly have been happy for a Korean American church. <laughs> I know, right? You know what I mean? It's crazy. I think I was in a different space. Yeah. I don't think I had enough inside me for that. But this now, 2022 me. Post-pandemic? A, post, yeah. Post-pandemic, you know, a lot has, I have more like room, I think. Yeah. For that. Um, so go me. <laughs> anyway, I like to talk about my, um, I took a writer's retreat <laughs> to Santa Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to throw her fucking mug at me. Um, to Santa Barbara, I stayed at this one-bedroom bungalow. Oh, I love a bungalow. Deep, deep bath tub. Oh, wow. Um, a very cute, like, custom-fit cabinetry and um, appliances. Okay. Um, just really cute, well done. Well designed, a, well appointed. Well designed, yeah. a, a one to two person little um, hot tub. Oh my God. See, it was like a, so- A space that's small but well designed can feel larger and more comfortable than a large home that is not designed well and yes. ugly. And yeah, exactly. And like not- Not thoughtfully say, put not together. Not itching. Yes. Not feng shui. Yes. You know? But this place was like totally functional. It was just like gorgeous. And it was, you know, it was literally steps to the beach. Oh, my God. And it, it, there was a breeze from the ocean. <gasps> and it was so, and I just had all the French doors open. And I, I just sat there. And I just sat. I just listened to the wind and sat. And I did nothing. I mean, besides the writing. But like, I really just like relaxed for the first time. Ever. <laughs> I laid there and just just enjoyed the moment. Like it was really You weren't on your phone? Really nice. Not on my phone. Like purposefully. And I, I was really and I was getting up at like ass crack of dawn and going out, walking the dog on the beach first thing in the morning getting my little coffee, sitting down and eating without looking at my phone. Usually I'm like shoving yes. food in my mouth while scrolling Twitter, you know, yeah, like that's how you eat. Yeah. But <laughs> I did something really radical and sat there and took like looked around, ate and, you know, like surveyed my surroundings, listened to other people's conversations, just kind of like practiced being there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just practiced it a little bit. And it felt really... Santa Barbara's the place to do it because everything is so fucking rich and beautiful. And I know. It's all like the Spanish... Um, what are they called? It? Spanish colonial, like, re, re... You know, whatever. Re, reinvention or... Revival? Or whatever. Revival. Yeah. It's so fucking gorgeous. Every single building is just beautiful. And you're snuck up against the mountains and the ocean is right there. So, like, there's this energy of, like, water energy and earth energy that's, like, compressed into this space. And it's just, I, I like, wrote healthily 
you know, like I usually write. I know. I, I usually like I write. I, 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 like, <laughs> like I, I had to step away from you. Like, what the yeah, fuck? I know. I know. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I wrote in spurts. Like, I just dedicated time to sit there and write. And then I would, like, I didn't do it under duress or, like, I, you know, yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's Was it good? Fucking. <laughs> Not bad. Wow. You know, I had to do, you know, obviously I got to punch it up. Yeah. But like, <laughs> You're, I was too relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the shit I smoke too much weed, I'm like, whoa, that was a waste of three pages. What am I doing here? What are you doing? This tangent does not belong. So I, so just to back up, I was off writing my episode yeah. for the TV show that I'm working on right now. And it feels so crazy to have written my first ever TV episode. It's crazy. And we sent it to our room and um, they read it over the weekend and we um, got notes on it today and we rewrote it all day today. Wow. And it was, I got to say, it was pretty uh, wild to sit there and for people, for, you know, we broke up and we were talking about like, one room was talking about my story. One room was talking about Danny's story. And my room, we were talking about my, you know, scenes and going through my scenes and saying, oh, let's take this out. Let's add this. And, you know, it, you're just really watching the work be done. Because, you know, I, I did it for, I was part of it for every other episode. But right. now it's the words I wrote being sliced up and diced up. And, you know, like... A whole page is cut and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to put on a brave face yeah. but like inside I'm like oh my god my babies my precious jokes oh yeah I'm sure I'm sure it's but actually I, I will say I yeah it's so painful and you know I, of course this is only my first sure so it's way more painful First cut is the deepest, baby, you know. <laughs> I gotta stop smoking before I sing. Um, <laughs> anyway, it, I, we rewrote all day today. And I got a very wonderful text from my co-writer. Uh, what is he You know. His name is Danny Zucker, and he's in his like late fifties. Mm -hmm. He's his first show was Arsenio Hall, and he went from Arsenio Hall to Roseanne to Just Shoot Me to Modern Family to everything. You know, just yeah. like been in the biz, veteran, veteran. I love Just Shoot Me. So good, yeah. right? Who, who was the tall lady? She was so funny, tall brunette. Yeah, she's in everything. Her name is the, the old aging model. Yes, but she's what a she, great character. But she's literally played that in every single show since the nineties. Oh, really? Yes. I mean, she she had a she had a look. Thing. Her, what the fuck is her name? It's gonna bother me. But I know I know exactly what you're talking about. I, if you said her name right now, like, I would yes, squeal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Okay. Anyway, so he goes, "Hey, just he texts. Hey, just wanted to say great fucking job. I feel like we nailed it." Everyone seems super happy. After all these years, it's still a huge relief for me. That's so great. You know, that kind of vulnerability really inspires me. Because that's... I love that. I love that he's still, like, 
cares and is worried about his work. Yeah. And it was so cool for us to go back and forth and talk through our and take passes at each other's Mm -hmm. stories. And, you know, I was I was at first nervous because I was like, am I going to be up for the challenge? But I was like, whatever, I'm here. I'm going to, you know, we're co-writing. So let's go. You know, I'm not your assistant. So I gave him my thoughts of like, do we need this? you know, couplet. Can we get rid of this first half of the page to get to the action faster? And he took it with no ego. He was like, you're absolutely right. Let's, you know, take that out. And that's faster. And it was so cool to work with someone so veteran and be respected for my work. It, it, It was mind blowing. It was cuckoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to sit there today in the room and have all these people love the scenes and also like cut a lot of my stuff out. But, you know, <laughs> but here's the here's the tea, though. Here's the tea. When I sent um, Danny my first draft, mm-hmm. I wrote it fat, meaning I wrote it. Uh, overwrote because I knew like we would go in and help cut and there was stuff in there that we decided to cut Mm -hmm. because we were like oh the B story is too big and today during the rewrite the showrunners were like oh let's look at um, this thing for Chico to give him something in the show. And I was like, oh, I have that written, actually. We cut it oh, for pages, yeah. but let's lift it right back up. And they were like, oh, beautiful. So it was so, like, it was so validating to have done the work already. And they were like, how about this thing? Let's change the script in this way. I was like, oh, that's actually a thing I already have. I just decided to cut it out. Yeah, and it was so, like, it's, everything just felt so... Per, like everything just worked so beautifully and I'm so thankful for Danny and I, I was really nervous at how it was going to be received all weekend. I was like not shitting well and being like, Oh God, they're going to, are they going to like, just think this is garbage? Like what the fuck? Are they going to think my jokes are like super late? After or? this beautiful Santa Barbara writer's retreat, like you <laughs> thought that you were worried about it being, I can understand that. Right. Yeah, because it's out of my hands now. Sure. Like, while I'm doing the work, I'm like, okay, I'm doing it. I think it's funny, mm-hmm. but, you know, and then, of course, I read it again over the weekend, and I was like, oh, God, did I have I read this too many times? I'm like, some things are not funny, and some things I'm like, oh, this still makes me laugh. And so, anyway, I, I learned a lot about, like, being a professional this week, and... It feels good to be treated like a professional. What's, what do you and, think is the biggest lesson that you learned? Um, that my shit's pretty good. Okay. Here, let me rephrase that. I'm bringing B minus work. You know what I mean? Like, 
I'm not here to bring an A. I, we're here to make this into an A. Sure. But as a staff writer, for half an episode, I'm bringing a B minus. Actually, if I may be so bold, I thought it was a B plus. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Definitely needed massaging sure. work, but I thought what I brought my, you know, whatever twenty three pages that I wrote, yeah. B plus. Eighty seven percent. Not quite eighty eight. You want you want an eighty eight? I'll give it eighty eight. I'm obsessed with the eighty eight. You know that. <laughs> So uh, that's what I learned this week is after all that, like, you know, relaxing and writing and having fun and then releasing and having the, the turmoil of are they going to like it? Are they going to, you know, am I a fraud or whatever? Like, I've learned that, hey, I, I've done now I've done this enough where I don't I don't I, I think I learned it in Santa Barbara. I'm not second guessing it anymore, but I'm really. I'm really just going to like lean into it now because it's whatever it is, it's working. Yeah. I mean, truly. And, the, and that's the kind data of seems the thing I'm getting yeah, out of the data it. is proving it. Data is proving. Yeah. It. yeah. Is this what you meant by living in the moment that you were just alluding to in the beginning? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> Is this what you were talking about? Like, <laughs> I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm trying to stay in it. But of course, you know, it's practice. I can't. It, it's hard because especially like after I sent the email, I'm like, oh, now it's like out of my control. It's a PDF. Now I can't even go back and edit it. I can't go be like one more period. And, yeah, sure. It's done. You know, it's done. It's literally set in stone, which is what a PDF and, and is. also I, I guess why I'm even saying like, hey, my shit's pretty good. Is that like. It's not that steep. I keep thinking it should be or it ought to be, but it's just not. Right. We're not recreating much here. Yeah. We're not. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing. We're, we're, we've. We as humanity mm-hmm. have been storytellers forever. Secondly, we as Americans have been inundated and creating and recreating and memeing TV for over a hundred years. Yes. Over a hundred years? Eh, maybe not TV. Movies. Yes, okay. Yeah, film, Mm -hmm. whatever. So, motion picture. Anyway. uh, (laughs) So, I had a tumultuous week, but uh, also... I got to relax a little bit, and um, yeah, I feel good. (laughs) (laughs) Now, yeah, hold on though. What I'm, what I'm now facing this Thursday, I'm gonna go up and do my first stand-up set in a while. Okay. And I'm realizing that I don't have much i like from my set how much time do you have to do 10 yeah you'll figure it out you could riff for 10 minutes you know it's a muscle and i haven't used it in a while so i hope that it's not i think it's gonna be a warm crowd but i'm a little worried you know what i mean you know when you like take off yeah for a long time you're just like Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, I didn't go up for like a week and I was like, oh boy. I did the show in uh, Mundelein for 420. It was at like a smokeasy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like a, it's a dispensary that has this like lounge area. Stage. A lounge for you to um, smoke. That's cool. And they, I didn't know Chicago had those. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's the only one in the state, I think. Oh, wow. And, um, it's wild. Like people had like dabs, vaporizers, bong, and they'll come over to you like, do you want ice with your bong? Like this whole very highly curated, very customer f- yeah. uh, service oriented experience. You know, you get a grinder, pre-rolls, like you have a huge menu to choose from. So we go. It's incredible. Like the experience is phenomenal. It looks like very chic and whatever. Everything is very cool. The wait staff is very friendly. We go into a back room. They're they're playing Mario Kart. Like it's like, you know what I mean? It's it's like a stoner's dream. Mm-hmm. By the time we get up on stage, everyone is fucking faded, blasted. P- Peter, I can't even explain to you how high these people looked. <laughs> like it was crazy. Like there was no there. Like the people didn't look any like anything aside from high. Like it was like <laughs> you know what I mean. It wasn't like oh I know the look. Yeah, you know the look. Like I have it frequently. Yes, like you're just like yeah. too fucked up and yeah. like. I mean, people like I could. I got on stage and I could tell the, the lady in the front, like she was too high, and she was trying to tell me she was too high with her eyes. Uh-huh. Like you know, I could tell the. Guy. So no one was laughing, or everyone. No was one laughing. was laughing. I think oh they were god. laughing in their minds. Oh my god! <laughs> but their body was asleep. But their body was one hundred percent asleep. Like I could yeah. tell they were having. It was just so crazy. Every single one of the people in the room did come up to the comics afterwards and was like, that was so funny. That was awesome. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah. But I was like, I've done a high room like that once where like no one laughed, but they were, they, they loved they it. They loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it was like an incredible laugh. <laughs> That's when you're so stoned. Some indica ass bitches who are like, yes, in the couch and can't even get to the joke fast enough to laugh. To, to laugh. I mean, it's like they were just watching like, TV. <laughs> they were just watching TV. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> one guy was just laughing periodically, but it was like he was on his own little like cycle. <laughs> like it had nothing to do with. What <laughs> he was, was on that. his iPad. Yeah, he was just <laughs> he was laughing about whatever was happening. There was one yeah. lady at the bar that was laughing like a regular person, but like everyone else, she probably didn't smoke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she was smoking, but like a regular. Everyone else was like white people. Or no, I mean, whatever, Phil. Like, <laughs> Canceled. Cancel. You got to bleep that out, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> no, leave it in so they all know. Phil, you got to bleep it out. So, but it was like, you know what I mean? Like, they were just so fucked up. Like, it was, they they were fade dead. And yes. it was like. Fade dead. Fade That's a good way. Dead. Yeah. And uh-huh. yeah, it was just, it was just wild. But like, you know, I did that room. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, it's, it's like, it's the same thing. I did that room. I hadn't done one, uh, a show in a, a week and I was just trying to do some crowd work, get it going. And I was just like, oh you can't, God. I mean, what are you going to do? Then the oh next show, God. it was an all Asians show. The, the Mike reverb was so bad. I was like, almost all of my set was just talking about the reverb. Oh God, that sucks. I know. But like, it's just like, <laughs> it's just what it is. You know, like you'll be fine, Peter. I'm so what I'm doing is I'm working a new set for 
um, DC. Mm-hmm. And I really don't want to use any of my material that I have put out. Even and from I, JFL? That, even from JFL. Why? I'm just like tired of it. I'm sick of it. I'm just like blah, bored. <laughs> I'm bored of my own jokes. You know what I mean? Like, but you didn't even do them that many. Ta- do them that many times. I know. That's how bored I am of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how people do the same sets for like and tour. This is how I know I don't want to be a comic mm-hmm. because I don't want to do that. I don't want to tour the same thing over and over again. And be in like, you know, and I did the touring thing for Second City doing the same thing over and over again. Mm. It's not glamorous. No. You know, like you're, you know, it's the whole like vestige of the troubadour life. But like, I don't want that. (laughs) I mean, it's really, it's like, it's that's not for me. It's actually a very sad circus life. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a romance to it if you are sad. But I just don't think I'm sad. No. I think I'm like. I'm pissed. Uh, yeah, I'm angry. But I don't think I'm sad anymore. Like, not anymore. I'm upset. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed. I'm irritated. Somebody has, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm perturbed. <laughs> no, I mean, I agree. Like, I just, I'm a comic of uh, a comic friend of mine was like reminding me of the time that I was just like, yeah, I'll just like do new material at the top of my set and just like eat the bomb. And he was like, that's the most psychotic thing any comic has ever told me. And I was like, yeah, you just eat the bomb. Like sometimes new, just- per- new material at the top and eat the bomb. Yeah. I'll just eat them. I like if they, they don't like it, I'm doing it at the top. So that's just like, that means I just have to dig myself out of this bomb, right? Like out of this hole. I mean, it is a risky way to do it, but... But and how if you do it late, then you, I'll forget what it is. I'll at least open... I used to do that. I used to open with, like, a sure hit yeah. to let them know that I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then I would go into, like, five minutes of new. Yeah. Or just, like, ideas. Mm-hmm. And then once that kind of fizzles out, I'm like, all right, I got to get back <laughs> Yeah. So I would not <laughs> do the, I, would, I would not do the surefire thing. I would just go into the five minutes, sizzle, mm. then do the surefire thing. But then at that point they don't trust me. So then I have to like double down. And then I just have to like do it confidently. But like I would just eat the bomb. And it's like it's the thing is like I was like, I'm learning something from this bomb though. It's not like I'm just bombing. Right? I at least I I did it with a purpose. I'm learning that this material or what where the spots are, what kind of hits. You know, I'm learning something. And he was like, is this yeah. the most psychotic conversation I've ever had with someone? I was like, I mean, <laughs> it's like not that important. Like, is this spot more important than me not being bored and having a new five in like two months? New 10? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't care. I don't understand the question. He's just, just like, if you can figure out a way to, he just didn't understand <clears throat> why. this. He is someone that wants to be a touring Comedian oh. that will always do surefire material, will only do new material, mostly at mics, and do one little yeah. new one in the middle, late in a set. Oh, yeah, yeah, in a set. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And like, and even then, it's like highly written out. But like... I feel like I have to be like almost... Even when I was doing stand-up a lot, mm-hmm. I, th- I was cycling out fast. Same. Like every, th- every three months. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's also because, like, I 
I'm usually writing about what I'm feeling at the moment, and I think like a lot of times that moment had had passed, mm-hmm. and I'm still joking about it, and I'm like, this doesn't feel authentic. Yeah, you know, like I feel like I want to be authentic on stage because I want to see authenticity on stage. Mm-hmm. But I'm if I'm doing stuff from I don't know. I don't know. And I also have like ADHD, you know, I'm like, I need to fucking do something different. And yeah, I mean, there's a level of like, I think as improvisers, like the authenticity and spontaneity of the moment does feel lacking if you're doing the same thing. That's, that's, that's like actually what I want the stage for that can, that like that connection. Yes. I like that. Like, my best sets we're are in like, this together. Yes, my best sets are yeah. like when I walk out, kind of riff a little <clears> bit. <throat> everyone kind of is on board, and I feel like comfortable. Then I can lean in a little bit, you yeah. know. And it's like that's the reason. And then and then I can go into my regular material, but it feels like a fresh set. Yeah, yeah. You're right because like I'm telling it to new audience, you. Yeah. So like it's the first time you're ever hearing, so it feels like. And so my experience with it is also new, and like that's. That collaboration is what I really enjoy. Because um, when it gets to feel like work, where you're just like saying, the, saying all the words and you're getting it out of your fucking mouth, it's, that's a nightmare. Nightmare. But you'll be good. You'll be good, Peter. <sighs> anyway. Anyway, that's what's going on in my life. What's going on in yours? Okay, so I will say, we'll, we, uh, this is going to be a real quick one, but... <laughs> Because uh, I did have a, a, a happen, but this happened to me today. My, uh-huh. You know, my mom takes my son to Kumon. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, he takes him okay. to, she takes him to Kumon twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays. Okay. He hates it. It is the oh, bane no. of his existence. Oh, He's no. like, he is constantly talking about um, how he wants to rise up and... <laughs> <laughs> overthrow Kuman like he is using like, the language that's the Bolshevik in it yes it is truly like he wants to rise up he thinks it's stupid uh-huh. it's unfair anyways he hates it my mom so he comes home after being dropped off usually with from Harmi my son is full of um Subak you know like all the fruit, like sagwa, like whatever. My mom has like packed him seven different snacks. He's very full. My mom tells me everything that he ate. Everyone's and my mom is like, "You my love, of li- you are my love of my life." Like you know what Aww. I mean? Like all this stuff. And he's like, "Of course, I'm the love of her life. I'm amazing. I'm her grandson." <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god, she's so obsessed. He's so obsessed, right? So embarrassed. Today he comes home and he is slams the door straight into the den. He's crying. My mom's like, like, you know, she's like, we guys want to talk about something and I come down and she's like, well, he basically my son experienced a little bit of the different harmony, right? He is, knows harmony oh. as you, the love of my life, harmony. Yeah. He got a little yes. bit of. Subak harmony. <laughs> Subak harmony. He got a little <laughs> bit of taste of the, my mom harmony. Right? Yeah, yeah. Omoni hired me. Like, Oma. Like, and she had yelled at me. me. He got a little uh-huh. taste, and she was like telling me how he had, she had asked him about his grades, and he said, I'm in the middle. And she said, That's not okay. You gotta be the best. 
And then... Oh, God. Oh, God. God. Trigger, trigger, trigger. Trigger, trigger. Oh, oh. (laughs) immediately I started feeling something. And she's looking at my face and I'm trying to keep calm, you know? Right. And she's like, and then... And Kuman is like, he's not paying attention. I yelled at him about not, like... Like, like, you know? And she's like, he's not concentrating. I was there for 40 minutes. He should have done it in 20 minutes. I was like, and then he. No. And she she yelled at him him before he went into Kuman. Then she yelled at him again when he came out of Kuman. No. I'm sorry. You cannot be yelling at my child. (laughs) No. About Kuman? No. Not about Kuman. Not about nothing. You better be bringing fancy pears. (laughs) And fucking pee pee pee. <laughs> what is happening? She can't. I mean, she really went off. She had. I am. I am crushed. I mean, it was really something. And it was like, this is the thing is that my son knows that he's in the middle because I tell him he's in the middle. <laughs> like, I, I'm the one who's telling him his scores. And I'm like, yeah, you're like in the middle. But I do not make him feel bad about it. He doesn't. Wow. His, his value as a person has nothing to do with this. He just is in the wow. middle. That doesn't mean that he doesn't have to work hard. That doesn't mean that he's not smart. But you're in the fucking middle. middle. Who cares? Yeah. That's fine. That's not the, that's not the be all end yeah, all. Yeah. You're still going to be a good person. You're going to still show up and you're going to work hard. Right? <laughs> you need to tell your mom, like, look at this fucking house. You're not, I'm not raising me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so. We're doing, we're doing fine. We're doing fine. And also, we're, this is like, his self-worth is not wrapped up in performing excellence performing excellence and being doing well in school for you yeah and for us yeah right like for our status exactly like where you're literally to who who are you talking to i mean who are you sharing this information with and also just lie (laughs) exactly just be like oh my grandson's the best he's all a's how they gotta know who cares just lie also who cares you care that much just lie who cares she cares. She really does care. She cares. She cares. And she, was, she cares. And the thing is, and she went off on it. And it was just like, wow. it was so deeply triggering. My husband oh came my out. Oh my God, Angie, I'm so sorry. And, he was cry- and it was like crazy. And my husband <gasps> came out and he was like, what oh happened? And I was like, I gave him a look and I was like, like, Toyini got a little bit of taste of what Harmony is really like. Like he got a taste. Oh no. He got a taste. The other side. The other side. And it was like very wow. funny to talk was to Was this him. the first time? Oh. Of course. <gasps> wow. Oh, my God. I mean, she's, like, forced it, him to do homework and stuff like that right. before. But, like, he's fine with it. It's just, like, it's still, she's still petting him. She's, like, like hand-feeding him, you know, subak and, like, you know what I mean? Like, like out of little, those little forks and, like, putting it into his mouth as he's doing addition. You know the drill. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I never got that, by the way, so. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But... <laughs> It looks nice. And, um, but like, Damn, you know, like bastard. it's like that sort of like first son energy. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. I yes, remember yes, like Tony Kim had that. Like, but Jang like, Yang. yeah, like the hunt, like the really good Hanyak and like all that shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, His harmony was like, like he- that. Uh huh. The Nebuk is nice. BYC. Oh, oh uh-huh. that thick seam. Yes, I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got the good shit. I mean, truly. So, in, and the thing is, this is what he said. And Peter, this is what resonated. This is what he said. It's like, Harmony was being so unfair about oh. what she was saying. She's like, and he was like, it didn't, she was just talking about it. It's like, she was like, she was being unfair and it didn't, um, it didn't have anything to do with me. 
And I was like, holy <laughs> shit. That's why wow. it makes you feel crazy. Because, yeah, yeah, it is unfair and it doesn't have anything to do with me. Yeah. And I was like, that's the first time I felt like maybe I am doing some of the mom thing correct. That, yeah, I think you are. Yes, yes. Because the way he articulated that, I don't know if I ever would have thought of it that way. Because I would have wrapped it up in my own self-worth immediately. Well, you were conditioned. Yeah, of course. That's, the, that's our forefathers and foremothers' secret power. <laughs> is to condition se- uh, lack of self-worth mm-hmm. and um, internalized shame yeah. and guilt for every move you make. That's tied to family fortune. Every, every move you make, every breath you take, they'll be watching you. And, like, and judging you yes. and criticizing you and telling you how fat you are. <laughs> Did you watch Everything Everywhere all at once yet? I have not. Fuck! <laughs> Unji, this is homework for you. I'm very angry right now. Okay. Mim-mim. This is not acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> I understand you were going through this kind of trauma today, but <laughs> breathe through it. And I need you to watch this movie. Okay. And I need you to watch it with your son. Really? I'm going to start crying already. I'm going to start crying. <sighs> Peter, it was Is your serious. son watching like violence or no? He's into violence, but he's not, he doesn't like to feel uh, people being sad. This is the antithesis. <laughs> really? It is. Maybe you should watch it first and then watch it with him later yeah. when he's like 12. Sure. Like going through the like, like don't touch me stage yeah 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 because it is i cried so much the first time i watched it and then i went back yesterday with eric okay and watched it again and cried again at the same parts wow and i knew they were coming it's insane i it spoke to so much of our lived um, generational traumas in such a beautifully um, comedic and deep and layered and artistic it was just so beautiful it was beauty (sighs) and I can't wait for you to watch it it really just and also as a potential filmmaker it really inspired me to do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. I mean, it really, it's like, if I need to be having fun, that is be all end all. And oh. they were having so much fun in this movie. She oh looks like God. she's having the time of her fucking life. It's the role of a lifetime. Yeah. It is, you will love it. And please watch it. We must break it down. We'll break it down for the Patreon. Yes. It is, Okay, anyway. But yeah, that was my this thing this week. And like here That is crazy. It is crazy to hear it articulated from the mouth of a six year old boy who experienced it for the first time and in a way that was so breathtaking. And it's like and so his tears were like I would imagine our the first time we ever experienced it, like it's that sort of like hot feeling of like frustration. Why are you angry at me? me? Like so like injust of injustice. It's being gaslit. Yes. And it was like he would, and it, it, he didn't feel bad about himself. He didn't feel he was just like so frustrated. He thought it was just so unfair. 
And I was like really relieved that he didn't feel bad about himself, that she hadn't gotten to him in that way. Right. Wow. I mean, and that's kudos to you for building up that self-confidence. Yeah, And also like the fact that he can say very plainly, yeah, I'm in the middle. And yeah. you feel no shame. And what? Yeah, and what? Like, and that's the thing is, like, I'm not giving him false sense of. I'm not telling him he's the best. I'm saying you're in the middle, no. and that's okay. I mean, that that's what you're gonna do. Like, I can't make you fucking smarter. Like, you know, I can't. You not just, without turning him into a monster. Exactly. Just work hard. Be kind. Those are my only things. And it's like at the end of the Anjay, day, you have to watch this movie. Work hard. You because, have to. I mean, like, you, you look at you. You're 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 a millionaire. You're you're an 88 percent. <laughs> that's like that's the dream 88 <laughs> percent me b plus b plus hey that's what i mean tell him tell him i'm b plus and i'm not bad not bad you're great <laughs> you're great but like, that's what you need to do i mean granted also you have to be like at 150 percent for like 20 years but then <laughs> But here's the thing. I'm, you know, an F at most things. So it's okay. It's really okay. It's a balance. Life's a balance. I mean, that that was, I will say, the biggest thing about it was just like, yes, the fact that his self-worth is not wrapped up in this. That is, wow. I felt good. Wow, but, you should. But like my mom and like truly feeling triggered by the, like the way she was saying it <sighs> and the way she was just like felt like. And she went into what I thought was apologize, huh? and it was not. <laughs> um. She was being like, no, no, no. You still have to be the best. You still have to do this. Next time, you just have to concentrate, and then I won't yell at you. That's... You know what I mean? I mean, all that's really doing is telling him that my love is conditional. Yes. That's what we learned. I know. And it's, it's... such a betrayal, though. And I, I, that's the thing is like he hasn't known her love to be that way. Well, the only way we've ever known that love is like that. Right. We've never felt the security and to feel it drawn yeah, away. Yeah, he felt the sting. He felt the sting. Today. That's correct. Welcome to boy adulthood. Yeah. You ain't a boy no more. <laughs> exactly. What are you, five? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that wild? It was, it was wild yeah. to watch it happen to him. It's wild that a Korean child had not experienced that till now. Right? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? This is a boy that has you, Your mom needs to stop walking him to Kumo. Yeah. <laughs> she is... should only walk him to the grocery store. <laughs> places where he won't fail and, sh and bring shame upon her. I name. mean, it's like, it's wild to watch her do that. Like, wild. It's wild. And so, like... That must be so infuriating for you to watch your son go through something. I didn't ex I, you know what? It was infuriating for me to... I, I, didn't, ex I didn't expect to feel so... Um, away about it. I didn't expect myself to feel like triggered. Like that, the way that she said it, and I was just like, oh my God, I remember this conversation. Every day, going to the tutoring centers, you know what I mean? Like it really did get me. Wow. You know the conversation. Oh, I lived the conversation. <laughs> One time my mom, and this is a little different because it's not necessarily about grades, but it's like kind of same, same. Yeah, yeah. I used to cut cut classes and cut school. Mm -hmm. We all cut class and cut school, yeah. right? Or is that just me? I never did that, but yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was one of these kids who <laughs> cut classes and cut school, and I would go into the city and steal and smoke cigarettes and so cool. Play. 
yeah, play billiards and I don't know. We would just like do, just be like fucking city rats. Yeah, that's so cool. That's so flushing. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like so cool. It's like exactly what I would imagine like people in New York doing, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what we did. And these uh, like postcards would come home from the school saying your son cut class or your son cut school. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't make it home intercept in time, it, yeah. intercept it, my mom would see them. Mm. And there was a point where like, I kept getting them and kept not intercepting it because I was, I kept hanging out. Yeah. I just, I was like FOMO King number one. Like I could not, not hang out. I have to be there. Oh, I get I it. Be I'm in still the like moment. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> so yeah, I, um, I, I, my mom one day, she was like, she was driving me to church actually. And we were in the Tercel and she was, it's a, it's a stick shift. Yeah. And she was like screaming at me about these cut. And I was like, why do you care if I cut class? Like I'm doing fine. I'm doing great. I'm a B plus, yeah. you know, like the same conversations yeah. we have, like stop, try, stop pushing me to be at 100% all the time. That's impossible. I'm doing my best. It's not, it's just not your best. And she's like, you have to be the best and you have to do it. And I was like, I don't, I, I don't understand why that, you know, like, and, you know, this is like the Korean, the American in us being like, you know, I, that's what you want is not what I want. Yes. I want to go hang out and I want to have a life in the city and I'm be an interesting person. I don't need to have a hundred percent in an A plus and everything. And she just didn't understand that. And she would, she kept jerking the stick shift in the middle of this like huge boulevard and screaming like and stalling the car (laughs) and yelling at me to get out and i had to like get out in the middle of the street oh my god and and have her drive away and walk the rest of the way to church (gasps) which was like another mile and a half it was it was crazy she was like we were at each other's we weren't at each other's throats. She was very stressed out. She was obviously traumed from my dad. Yeah. And then, you know, single mom in an immigrant flushing life and having a kid whose mouth is too smart yeah. for her. Annoying, yeah. <laughs> You're empathizing with my mom. Yeah. Oh, Kichana. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, no, I get it. It's just like, it's that conversation where you're talking there. It's like, I understand the fear, though. We don't, like, the way my mom. I get that. I understand yeah. the fear. Because, like, in but their there's mind, it's like, no there's so much conversation. There's so much. I know. Com- they're us. so black, and, black yeah. or white. There's no conversation of, like, what are you going through? What are you feeling? Like, Because there's no emotional intelligence about that kind of stuff, right? Because they were raised very black and white. Succeed or fail, succeed or fail. And we get here, it's like doubly pressured to succeed because they risked everything to do this move. And in mucho debt and all that fuck, you know, the shit that we go through. And of course, you know, having kids like you and me. (laughs) With big mouths. Cannot be easy. Big, na- big mouths, bad attitudes. Yeah. And, and you aren't even tall. 
You know what I mean? Kikara, Chasingina, like more like Moja and that would care. You know what I mean? Mojambara. Moja and that would care. Omati Kimare. You know what I mean? Like that was like my Truly. mom's big thing is like, what are you doing correct that you get to? T- I mean, she was like, if you were tall and beautiful and successful, she was like, you could talk to me however you were. Like, she's got a point I know, that's what i mean she's got a point and that's that's where my like i get it like truly there's just something about the, i think yeah. but in, in a fucked up way that in their you know fucked up way they really turned us into these people who like nothing's ever enough yes like go 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 you know and yeah i mean they really gave me a taste for revenge i love i love (laughs) truly like i i I think i've talked about it here right like my my true wet dream is to like Mm -hmm. you know the moment in pretty woman where she comes back to that fancy boutique and goes Mm -hmm. points big mistake big mistake huge huge yeah that's my dream to who to anybody to like be able to go, I was, so I had a situation with my But in aunt. specifically a dress shop or like no, in a different, in situation. a different I, way? I want to go to the T-Mobile store because <clears throat> I was treated poorly. I want to go back <laughs> holding up all this, like my AirPods and my iPad, like all the stuff that I bought. Big mistake. I want to be able to Huge. do that to somebody. Yeah, yeah. I know that. I know that feeling. I, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm driven by that. Yes. I am driven yeah. by that. That's I'm, what I mean. I'm trying not to be. I'm trying to replace it with something... Less by toxic, being being by being present in Santa Barbara, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying new things. The revenge thing hasn't been going well. It's not good. Of course, it's fucking toxic. But like, it's not going. But well, whenever yeah. I think about that big mistake, huge, I do get wet. Like that is something about it. That's I get. Truly I totally understand. Erotic. Like yeah. I still can't get over it. It's just like a thing. I understand that it is toxic. You want to be spurred. So bad, yes, that you are able to one day enact that type of sweet revenge. I mean, I just I recently like, there was like this uh, venue about my fortieth. Um, like, I want to do a pig roast, unji, like uh, a uh-huh. roast of me and a pig roast. Uh-huh. And like, uh, I reached out to a venue, and they're like, "Oh, I don't know if we're gonna be able to do this." And truly, that I was like, they don't even realize what a gift this is because I want to be able to come back. <sighs> Like that, I mean, you know what I mean? That was actually the gift that they gave to me so that I could yeah, go back. Yeah. And I immediately sent them like a, an email. I was like, oh, you know what? Actually, we're doing the event at the hideout, so it worked out. Because <laughs> I'm, t- I'm, I'm crazy. I'm crazy. I thought about this You're email. Nuts. I mean, I'm, I'm nuts. You're nuts. I'm nuts. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. it's like, and it's the thing is like, it was a, a pleasant email, but in my mind, I'm like, I fucking won. What did I gotcha, win? bitch. Nothing. I won nothing. nothing. I'm, yeah. I'm the queen of nothing. They probably didn't even read it. <laughs> they didn't even read it. Like it went straight to spam. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just. Anyways, that that's what happened with my son today. It was wild to watch, Tr- triggering. Like triggering. we really, we like you know. What I, mean? I can see this from is me- some Korean American generational trauma shit. For real. Like it real. This is happening in real time. I mean, it was wild to watch. Wow. Damn. And to watch my mom as a woman in her 70s to have learned no lessons. Nothing. <laughs> Zero. That's, that's, that, you know? Like, you gotta admire that almost. 
this bitch has gained that's a no character that's a character as a writer i have to say i love that yeah this- i love characters who are true to themselves who don't grow <laughs> they're refillable for 100 episodes come on <laughs> We don't want you to change. She refuses to, to learn. Keep making the same mistakes. She refuses to learn. So we can laugh at you, be like, I'm better than you. And then. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's what it was this week. <laughs> Damn. Well, keep us updated on how the trauma unfolds. And do your homework. Yes. And watch. Uh, and that's for everyone so that we could talk about it on Patreon. For, you know, enjoying the Patreon. And thanks for listening. I need to. Oh, I'm so dry. Okay. I love you. I love you. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.